Welcome to Red Clay Podcast. This is episode number three. Uh, and we were we were discussing how prayer really works, receiving and returns. I'm your host, Anita, and we're talking to Dr. Fletcher Law about prayer. Prayer, we will begin to answer how it really works. We were talking about how prayer really works from, he, from heaven's viewpoint. Today, we'll continue our discussion from episode two, which was entitled, How Prayer Really Works, or it could be called, Shipping and Receiving, which in that podcast, Dr. Law talked about prayers as seen in heaven. Prayers are tangible. They're seen. They're held and felt. They have an aroma. They are valued. They are a tangible commodity in heaven. They are cared for and held in golden bowls like incense. Now we continue in episode 3, discussing how prayer really works, receiving and returns. Hey Fletcher, would you like to continue on for us? Yes, thank you Nita for getting us started back. A few years ago an Episcopalian that was a close friend of mine, he described going to a cathedral in New York City where incense pops were slung with incense burning in them and smoke filling the building. He said it was very high church. So this was with the priest wearing the robes, the liturgy. And I was, I remember thinking, I wonder where did they arrive at that idea to do that? I was kind of just saying, are they just trying to really be too fancy? I was going, where in the world would they have gotten that? Well, I learned recently from the Bible. Now we're going to read right now Revelation 8, 1 through 6. Revelation 8, 1 through 6. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was giving much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which we, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. So you're telling us that the prayers of the saints are burned? Uh, yes, um, this was an, quite an amaz- amazing thing. Your prayers are burned. Now we just talked about how much value they had. They're in a golden bowl and before the golden al- altar. But yes, that's exactly right, Anita. Our prayers are burned on the altar. But Okay, so they're burned and then what happens? Here's one thing. This is as intimate as it can be. We want our prayers heard, obviously, before God Almighty. And these prayers are burned, and the aroma rises, and God actually smells them. They are pleasing. I'm sure there's many scriptures that cover that, but I'm trying to stay in this one section that will stay. These prayers, the aroma from the burnt prayers, they are received by the Lord before him and the mind of God himself um, he responds and they're thrown to earth I want to go over this 
again, the scripture is just um, more than really you can handle any time. Again, when John, the apostle, he was, as we said last podcast, he was caught up into heaven in chapter 4. Chapter 5, he sees prayers being handled in golden bowls like incense. But in Revelation 8, 1 through 6, it talks about the transaction of prayer. Prayer being received, prayer being acted on, and again, these prayers are tangible commodities. We talk about, uh, I don't even bring up bitcoins, but we talk about corn, lumber. You hear on the radio in the morning, talk about how much commodities are worth. These are these commodities are a prayer, and the Lord values them. What could be more awesome than that? Your prayers have value to the Lord. He hears them. Again, from Revelation 8, 1 through 6. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, and that's uh, something that holds ashes, a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense, and he would offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. So there you hear it. Prayers are like incense. They're mixed with incense. Our Episcopalian friends that were swinging those incense pots were actually mimicking this, that the aroma would rise to the Lord. Again, he was given much incense, the angel, and they should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And get this, Anita, and the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth again. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. And it's understood by Christians that God is spirit. There's not a physical description of God in Revelation. Even though John the Revelator was there, he's a spirit. And we're understanding is dwelling even above his spirit, above his throne. So the prayers are ascending to him as a pleasant aroma. And then now we have the follow-up, the sending of the prayers back to earth. Then the angel took the censer. You know what he's getting, Anita? What's he, What's that? The charred prayers, your okay. burnt prayers. They've been dealt with. So that's God, the answer. The, the charred return is the answer of the prayer. Exactly. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, and I assume this is in the spiritual realm, and this particular time, uh, where time is always present, every God is in eternity, he threw it to, earth, to the earth, and there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. So it's awesome. There's a golden bowl, there's a golden altar, a mighty angel carefully handles these prayers, and you're going, he's carefully handling them, but what, they're being burned? The aroma rises to God, and then he scoops down, I guess, what would be the embers, the remains of these charred prayer of the fire. The mighty angel hurls and, and throws it to the earth, and then he sees noises, thundering, lightnings, and an earthquake. And again, as you read on in that chapter, the celebration, the celebration, because they know those prayers will be answered. In heaven, Anita, they're not wondering if the good guys will win. 
They see the Lamb of God. They're continually praising, worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive glory and honor. What a awesome thing that we Christians too often forget. We need to do that to have power in our lives, and we need to do that to encourage others. God Almighty, you might not like this president, you might not have liked the other one. Probably couldn't talk to him unless you had a million dollars or more to give. You could go to the princes, the dictators of the world, you're not going to get to talk to them. God Almighty, who we say is the creator of heaven and earth, he will hear your prayers, and he hears the prayers of the saints, and he responds. You know, we notice there, Anita, that didn't say what the answer to the prayers were. He just responded. He's that personal. He's a sovereign God. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere in all the prayers of the saints. He does hear our prayer, and he responds. And you know what? It's up to you to listen. You know, prayer is a two-way component. We speak, and we're going to go on later in this series. We're going to talk about can I pray and how can I pray. But I'm trying to give you that confidence to go before the Lord that you know the prayers of the saints are heard. God will hear your prayer if you're in Christ. Here's another question, Anita. It might get um, some people. You mean only Christians? He's going to say, when people call on the name of the Lord, he will hear their prayer. We know when, when somebody turns to him, turns to him to have their sins forgiven, that it's not an initiation as such. It's not you're going to have to memorize this or that. You have to understand we have a Savior. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 20, 28, the Son of God came to seek and save that which was lost, which was me and other redeemed Christians that have repented. He will forgive our sins. Take away that barrier between you and God. And it also says in the Bible we can become citizens of heaven, that heavenly kingdom. And we know one day there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, but it is awesome that our prayers are heard. But here's one part of maturity, and I need to see me throughout my life, mature and immature acts. Here's part of maturity. The Lord's answering those prayers. Are we going to receive it? Just like a young child, we don't often receive things. How, I've said it many times. My mother probably saved my life 200 times, pulling me from running into traffic, from doing something dangerous, electrocuting myself, whatever. You know, you don't appreciate that. The child, they, they rebel. They get upset. They say, this is for our good. The Lord answers our prayers. Now it's time to have maturity to know, after that excitement, that the Lord's going to hear your prayers in heaven, these valued prayers. He is going to answer that. Well, Fletcher, thank you for that and, and the explanation of how prayer really works. And for our listeners, if you want to comment or contact us or order Fletcher's book, How Prayer Really Works According to Scripture, please contact redclaybooks.com or email us at redclaybooks at gmail or find us on Facebook at redclaybooks or on Twitter at redclaypreacher or at, with the number two, Red Clay Books. We would love your comments, questions, and prayer requests, and we look forward to having you listen to our next episodes in this series on How Prayer Works. <music>